Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Well, hello. My name is Joe White, Pastor Joe White, and I'm over here tonight at the Grace Baptist Church and recording a Bible message, a sermon for you all to, uh, over there at Open Bible Baptist Church. And you guys have been on our prayers, you've been on my, my thoughts, my, uh, my heart as you all are in this transition. And I'm excited about the leadership you have there and praying that you guys will all continue to grow and to keep your eyes on Christ. I'm thankful for this opportunity. I'm disappointed that I couldn't be with you in person. I was looking forward to that. Uh, but you know what? We still have this opportunity today on this Lord's Day. Take your Bibles, if you would. Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45, as a pastor, I, I feed off of the spirit in the room, the people in the pews. Uh, I, I like to respond to the faces. And, and so I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage this evening, but uh, the word of God can speak for itself. And I hope that there is a connection, not necessarily between me and you, but between you and the word of God and God's spirit as he meets with us. I love the life of Joseph. Joseph, I have his name. And uh, the Bible name Joseph means he shall add. And I've enjoyed studying the life of Joseph. Joseph's one of my favorite Bible characters. How could he not be? A few years back, we had the opportunity to go over to Sight and Sound over in Lancaster. And, and uh, Joseph was playing. And I think we might have seen that five, six times as a family. And uh, we took every opportunity we could to go see it. It just was, and every time, especially the older I get now, every time that I would sit and watch it, I would just, I would just cry and be touched with that story. How could you not be? You talk about the hills and the valleys, the disappointments, the exaltations. Boy, I'll tell you what, Joseph's life is a wild ride. Of course, you know, Joseph was separated from his family by his brothers, separated by his, from his father. And they led the father to believe that Joseph was, uh, had been killed. And, and Joseph was mourning the, the son of his beloved wife. And, and here we, we just find that just a difficult season for this entire family. And if you know the story, if you haven't, you need to read through it in the book of Genesis. But... As you know the story, there's a scene that, that just captivates my attention. It's that moment when Joseph's brothers are brought into the very throne room where Joseph is ruling. And his brothers are there, and, and they don't recognize him, but he recognizes them. And he puts them to a series of tests, and he's wanting to see really if they are the same as they had been or had maybe life and circumstances taught them uh, how to be different. And, of course, if you study the scriptures, you know that they are a great deal different now as they come and they approach Joseph. 
And Joseph eventually reveals to them who he is. Now, I don't know the technology of heaven, but I really hope that we have the ability to go back and see certain scenes, uh, kind of the DVR of heaven. I, I hope that maybe uh, that, you know, I'd, I'd love to see uh, when David is walking into that valley to confront Goliath. Uh, there are certain scenes I can't wait to see the scene, if I'm able to see it, when Esther confronts Haman uh, there with the king. There are just certain scenes that I just, I just, they're just larger than life. They're more than the words on the page. And this scene where Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers, I want to I see that. that. That amazes me. But you know the story. Joseph wants to be reunited with his father. And he trusts his brothers. Now, think, think about this. This isn't this is another test, right? I mean, they're going to go back. They're excited. They're, they, they're, there's a, uh, you know, a connection now that they're, that's being, you know, the maturity of the connection. And, and they're able to go back and they're, they're going to go get their father, Jacob. Think about this for a second. The sons that caused their father harm. You know, they, they were upset with maybe the favoritism that Joseph had received and maybe they felt left out by Jacob and boy we we see it with all the family drama that that goes on in this world in this time but here we find a man who uh, these men who now have the opportunity to tell their father can you imagine what that trip was back from Egypt back to where uh, Jacob would have been sojourning can you imagine the 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 travel they probably were excited they probably maybe were saying who's going to tell dad who's going to let Who's going to let dad know this son who, whom he's mourned all these years? Who's going to let him know that he's alive? Maybe, maybe the oldest would have said, you know what, I've caused him harm and, and this is a way to make him right. Maybe they said, we'll all tell him, we'll all go into Jacob. But as they approach Jacob, this is where we find ourselves in Genesis chapter number 45. And let's read together verses 25 to 28. I hope that maybe wherever you're at, if you're uh, at home watching this, if you're catching it on the move, I, I don't know how, uh, where you're going to be at in your day, but if you've got the word of God with you, open it up. Let's look at Genesis chapter 45 and verse number 25 through verse 28. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan and unto Jacob their father and told him saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had sent unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Father God, as we take these next few moments, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us in a very special way. I'm thankful that as you tell us in the New Testament, as Paul tells us, that these stories that are recorded in the Old Testament are given to us as in samples. They're given to us to encourage us. We're to learn from them. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us learn from them. 
Lord, right now I know I'm in a fairly empty room and I'm talking to a camera for people who will be viewing this on a different day. But Lord, I just pray that your spirit would do only what your spirit can do. That Lord, you would take your word and these sentiments, these words that you've given me to share. And I pray that you would do something spiritual in our ears, in our hearts, right where we're at. Help us to realize all that you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you go through the story of Joseph, I, as a pastor, I like to preach through books of the Bible. And I just love going through some of these stories. There's just so much to gather. There's just so much to observe. And, um, you know, we're going to see in this time here in this is really an encouragement It's something that we need to understand about God, because when we see the word of God and we understand how God worked in Jacob's life, you know, we can learn about something about how God works in our lives. And I want God to be real to me. I want God to be real to you. I don't want it to be where it's just words on a page or it's just, you know, old stuffy church. I want my relationship with God to be genuine and authentic and real. I want to hear him talk to me. I want to have him give me the dreams of my heart. I want to hear, I want to have a relationship with God that, that is something that is other people see and other people experience in their walk with me that they're drawn to an authentic work and walk with God. And I want to share something that really caught my eye. Two things really. Look at verse 27. The first thing's in verse 27. And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. I love alliteration. As a pastor, as I outline um, tonight, there'll be some alliteration. Today, there'll be some alliteration in the message. Alliteration is when words start with the same letter. And uh, for some reason, even when I prepare messages, I try not to use alliteration sometimes, but... Just just the way my mind works. Alliteration helps us remember things. When we use alliteration, it draws a contrast. And if you look at verse 27, you see that there are two W's that are found in the text. There are the words and the wagons. The words and the wagons. They kind of draw a contrast. And we'll draw attention to that tonight as we take a look at this text. But also, if you notice in verse 27 as well and then verse 28 there's something else that's that that jumps out from the page at us verse 27 the the words right and the wagons which joseph had sent to carry him notice this again and the spirit of jacob their father revived and verse 28 look at the verse second word there and israel said it is enough You know, it's amazing, you know, we understand if you know the story of Jacob, and we'll just take a quick second, but Jacob had had a a wrestling match with God. He, God had to come and intervene in his life when he was kind of be reunited with his brother. And there was an all night session that Jacob had with God. And when God was finished, 
he touched Jacob's side, and from that point on, he would walk with a limp. But and in that minute as well, he also changed his name. His name was Jacob, but God said, you're going to be known as Israel. His name, his spiritual name was Israel. His fleshly carnal name was Jacob. And when we see in the scriptures, when Jacob handles something in the flesh, when, when Jacob is conducting himself in a carnal manner, we see him being referred to as Jacob. But when he's walking with God and when he's spiritual, you find him with the name Israel. And here we find there's something that happens in him where his doubt is translated and changed and transferred to become faith. And we see Jacob. Now, can I tell you, I just want to be honest, I, there are sometimes the old man creeps through, the old man creeps through in me. Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians that the old man, we have to put off the old man and we put on the new man. And sometimes my old man comes creeping out. It's amazing that God wants to meet us where we are in the old man, bring us to have a walk with him in the newness of life, as Romans tells us. So let's open our hearts to what the passage teaches us. Let's make a couple observations here. Look at, look at the text again, verse 25. And they went out, out of Egypt and came in the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. Think about it. If you're a father that's lost a son, if someone came and told you that he was alive, wouldn't you think that they would be some of the warmest words that you could receive? But, but look here. It goes on. He's not just alive, but he's the governor over all the land of Egypt. And look what happened in Jacob's heart. Jacob's heart fainted. It gave out on him. Why? Because he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had sent unto them. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, his father, their father revived. We see, first of all, if we're seeing this, we see, first of all, Jacob's rejection. Jacob's rejection. You know what? He would not believe their story. Was it because he didn't want to believe? No. It had nothing to do with him wanting to believe. Did he believe that God was, what, was it that he doubted that God was able? No. It wasn't that. I don't believe that was what it was. I think it was he didn't trust his sons. I don't think it had anything to do with, you know, trusting the father and knowing that God was able. I don't think it was something that that Jacob said, ah, just God can't do this. I really was. I think it really was to the fact that he couldn't trust his sons. His sons had lied to him. Their relationship was broken. It was severed. And now he comes back and he says, the, the, the sons say Joseph is alive. And jo Jacob just did not believe their witness. There are some people that, and I've heard it preached, that this was, uh, this was a, a weakness in Jacob. It was a lack of faith in God. But I don't think it was Joseph's word that he doubted. I think he doubted the word of his boys, his sons. Joseph's word changed the brothers. 
And we saw, we, you know, if you, if you go back and you read the story, if you remember the story, you know that, that something changed in the brothers that moment when their relationship with Joseph was restored. And there was a new joy. There was something that was going on in the brother's life. And Jacob was slow to believe it. You know, sometimes God will get a grip on our heart. There's something that we'll see clear as day. We'll see the conviction. We'll live with it. We'll walk with it. There's something that, you know, we and we don't understand why other people don't see what we see. As a pastor, it's difficult sometimes when I look around at church members who maybe uh, haven't been able to, to be faithful to church or faithful to service or faithful to an area. And I'll be honest with you, when I, when I first started pastoring 10 years ago, it was difficult for me to understand why other people didn't have the same level of commitment to God that I've had. And I imagine that there are people also that look at me and say, I wonder why he can't have, they won't have the same level of commitment that we have. Sometimes, though, God does a work, and he does a work in you, and, and maybe it doesn't spread to your wife. Maybe, maybe, maybe husband and wife, you, you're, you're walking with God, you're, you're plugged in, you see the, the, the realness of the relationship with God, but maybe your kids haven't bought in. You know, it's difficult sometimes to understand how God can move one person, but, but someone else right next to them won't be affected, won't be changed. Sometimes God will get a grip on your heart. We wonder why it doesn't reach those. You know what? And honestly, it's, it's, it's something that God's going to convince them. I'm so thankful that my walk with God, and I'm so thankful that my relationship with God, I'm following him. I'm listening to his voice. Because you know what? Can I tell you? There's some people, I, I, for years I was a youth pastor, and as a youth pastor I had certain teenagers that I knew they were lying and you know how I knew they were lying? I knew they were lying because their mouths were moving. I could just tell when they were talking, I just felt like any word they said was a story, was a lie. You know what? Joseph, Joseph sends his brothers back and Jacob doesn't believe the word of his brothers. And we see his rejection. But look at verse 27 as well. And they told him all the words of Joseph. Right? which he had said unto them, these were Joseph's word. They were just communicating. Hey, let dad know that I'm alive. Let him know I'm here in Egypt. And you know what? Their words didn't sway. Their words didn't make a dent. But you know what it was? It was the wagons. See, because when, when Joseph sent for his family, he didn't just say, go get dad. He said, get all your stuff, get all the rest of the family and bring them here. And I'm going to set you up here in Egypt. And he sent the wagons, the moving truck, so to speak. He sent the moving truck. And when he saw the moving trucks, I don't know if they had, they probably had Egyptian uh, uh, Egyptian drivers and Egyptian movers. I'm sure there were, maybe there was an Egyptian license plate, so to speak. Maybe there was uh, something that whatever uh, jo uh, Joseph would have had access to would have been royal and regal. And when Jacob heard the words, his heart didn't believe it. But when he looked over and he saw the wagons, you know, the title of the message, and I, 
I didn't give it to you at first because I, I want it to be powerful here. But the title of the message is this. It's eyes to hear. Eyes to hear. Now, you might say, wait a minute, we can't hear with our eyes. But can I tell you, God wants to do things in front of our eyes that allow us to hear his words. It was the very wagons that Joseph sent that convinced the father that he was alive. It wasn't his words. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe jo- how, how else could have Joseph done it? Maybe he could have written a letter. Maybe he could have sent an emissary from, from, the, from the Egyptian government. Maybe he could have sent a witness that would be able to, to validate the story. But it wasn't until Jacob saw the wagons. We see Jacob's rejection, but we also see Jacob's reassurance. And can I tell you, this is what we need to pay attention to. This is where we live. To the brothers, the wagons would have just been a vehicle to bring them back. They thought their words would carry the weight. But that meant so much more to Jacob. For Jacob, it was a game changer. I think about Thomas. Thomas Thomas often gets a bad name, the disciple, the apostle Thomas. We call Thomas, we give him a nickname, right? Thomas the what? The doubter. We give Thomas a, 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 a bad rap. Thomas said, you know, that, that um, he wouldn't believe that Jesus was resurrected unless he saw the prints of the nails in his hands. You know, it's amazing. When Jesus was resurrected, couldn't he have been resurrected without those, the prints of the nails? He's God, right? He, he chose to carry those scars, and those scars are a physical reminder there's something for us to see. When we get to heaven, when we see Jesus, you know, there's a psalm that's popular today. The only scars in heaven are the ones that we gave Christ. When we, when we understand, when we understand the truth of, of this reality, Jesus could have been resurrected without any of the scars, without any of the bruises. He, he could have done any of that, but yet he still bore those scars. And I wonder if he did so for Thomas. I think, I think Jesus knew exactly what Thomas was going to need. Jacob's trust was in God. And I've lived long enough to see God's word confirmed. See, there's sometimes in a person's faith that there's something that you believe and you can't see. And Jesus, when he's talking to Thomas, said, hey, Thomas, you need to see this, but But blessed are those that can believe it without seeing. But can I tell you, I have seen God confirm his word time and time again. I've seen answer to prayer. If you were to ask me, how do I know that God is real? I would tell you this. I know God is real because I've experienced him. I know that he's real, not just because he's given me his word. I know that he's real, not just because there is a preacher that tells me he's real. I've known him to be real because I've seen the wagons. I've seen the blessings. I've seen the answered prayers. I've I've heard his voice as I've met with him. 
Can I tell you, the experience we have with God is not one-sided. It is not us in a pious relationship that we read his word, that we, we go through all of these emotions, and we never know and never experience God. Boy, that would be a, that would be a disappointing relationship. But can I tell you, God wants to reassure you. You know what? Maybe you have a question in your heart. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life right now and you're trying to, you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to, to, is this the way God would have me to do? Have I, have I made the right choice? And, and, you know, sometimes there are some things that go around that we can't believe. But you think about how when the brothers wanted Jacob to believe that Joseph was dead, what did they do? They, they tore up his, the coat of many colors and they, they dipped it in animal blood and said, hey, this is the evidence. You know, you are not any less uh, uh, faithful to God when you see evidence and you allow the evidence to bolster your faith. You know, I know that God has helped me through yesterday and he helped me with the day before and, and he's been here. You know, the old hymn says, oh, God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. We have hope for the future because we see the help that he's provided in the past. And here we see Jacob finding a reassurance in his faith, not because he trusted these men who weren't trustworthy at all. Uh, but here we find that Jacob is trusting God because God sent wagons, because Joseph sent wagons. He didn't believe the words, but he believed the wagons. John chapter 20, verse 26 to 29. You know, after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Jesus Christ didn't just be resurrected from the dead and just go to heaven. But again, he just sat, he stood in their presence. And then he said to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it in my side and be not faithless, but believing. Jesus went along with him. He said, go ahead. You know what? I know you need this reassurance. If Jesus was so offended by Thomas's question and his desire to be assured, I don't think he would have appeared to him. I don't think he would have allowed him to experience. Look over the next, uh, in the next chapter of John. If you've got your Bible, John chapter 20. Uh, there are two verses, John 20, 30 and 31. Th this is what we find. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. The idea is the gospel, you understand all four gospels together only cover about 52 days of Jesus's life. And these 52 days that they're covered, boy, that's not a whole lot of the time in the ministry that Jesus did. This is just a very small sampling of the record that we have. And John says, there are so many other miracles that Jesus has done. There's so much more uh, that, that was, that Jesus did. And, and look at verse 31, but these are written that ye might believe. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, that believing you might have life through his name. Man, don't let anybody tell you that God doesn't give us signs. Now, you remember in the gospel, there were times when Jesus said, oh, you always need a sign. But that's when they were testing him. You know what? God always gives us signs so that we can trust him. 
If you're putting God to the test, if you're testing him to try to catch him and, and to find the problem, if you're like that thief on the cross that said, boy, you're, you say you're Jesus, get us all down off these crosses. Boy, that's not the attitude of faith. But if you're seeking to trust God, can I tell you, he will give you visible, he will give you eyes to hear. Thank God for the wagons. Thank God for the wagons. Look at Genesis chapter 45, verse 28. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Man, can I tell you, that's amazing. In our world, our, our oldest son just went to college this year. And, and uh, I, I remember, you know, dropping him off at his dorm room in August and and all of the emotions that went with that, we, we, we missed him terribly. I couldn't wait. You know, when, when, his, when the day he was coming home the first time, we, I, I just kind of knew when he was pulling up and, and parking, and, and I just was outside waiting to see him. Now, you know, now I'm just like, when are you going back? C can I tell you that, that I can imagine as a father that, that just, the, the, this, just the swell of emotion that they would have experienced knowing, knowing that he was going to see his son. This dejected man. We see Israel's response. Israel said, not Jacob. That something switched here. Something changed. Jacob becomes Israel again. Israel's response. This, de this dejected man was revived. <coughs> and we see it's that it sparked the flame of hope that powered his will. You know why God wants to show, wants to pull the curtain back a little bit? You know why? Because he wants us to follow him. He wants us to trust him. Israel's now rejuvenated in his faith. This spiritual man, Israel does two things. The first thing is he speaks. He said, it is enough. You know what that means? This is a big deal. This, this, is, this is amazing. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't speak this way. We don't say it is enough. But this is a big deal. This is awesome. And he springs to action. He speaks and then he springs to action. What does he say? Let's go. I'm going to go see him. Let's go. I could tell you there were, might have been some things left in that encampment. They probably, if Jacob would have had his way, he probably would have left in that moment. There probably wasn't anything that he wanted to take with him. Why? Because his son was alive and he was going to see him again. He says, I will go and see him. Can I tell you, this is the proper response. When we're stirred by the word of God, we ought to speak of it and we ought to get after it. We ought to speak of it, and we ought to get after it. Some people just speak of it. Some people just move past the this, this speaking of it, and they, they try to get to it. And sometimes we just don't bring those two things together. But here we find Jacob <clears throat> saying, this is a big deal. I'm going to go see him. Let's go. What does the Bible say? Faith without works is, right, dead. Faith without works is dead. Right, so when you hear God's word... Get up and do something about it. When God speaks to you, get up and do something about it. That's what faith is. You don't believe it if you don't do it. Faith without works 
is dead. You know, my fear is, quite honestly, that we've gotten so comfortable. Maybe we're overly engaged in everything that's going on in our lives. Maybe we've been lulled to sleep. Maybe we've been stuck in the dread of whatever the difficulty that you're, that you're going through. Maybe there's just something that just won't spur you to believe. But look on with me. Look at chapter 46. A couple verses here, the first four verses. In Israel, here we go. <clears throat> Israel, the man of faith, not Jacob, the man of circumstance. The, here we have Israel, the man of faith, uh, took his journey with all that he had. He came to Beersheba, and what did he do? He offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God said unto Israel in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, <clears throat> for I will make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. We see here, lastly, Israel's reflection. Israel's Reflection. Here he worshipped. He worshipped. Maybe he wanted to meet with God to confirm that this was God's will for him. Maybe that was part of his prayer. Maybe it was, hey God, I, I want to make sure that you have me going this way. And I, I just want to check with you again for confirmation. Because that's what God tells him. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to set you up. You should go. It's okay. I'm, I, I have this in, this is my will for your life. And, and here as he worshipped, God communicated his will. Uh, by the way, sometimes we don't under, ever understand God's will because we'll never get worship right. We're just all worried about this, 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 and God saying, I just want you to spend time with me. And when you spend time with me, that's when you'll get your marching orders. But here in Beersheba, they were right there on the border. They're getting ready to leave the promised land. Beersheba is a spot where they took a rest for an evening and it was right there for when they were going to leave the promised land and they were going to head over back to Egypt. And I noticed again that it was the God of his father, Isaac. And you know, by most accounts, Jacob and Isaac didn't have the greatest of relationships. But Isaac was still able to pass down his faith to his son, Jacob. Notice that when he stopped to worship, he put God in his proper place. You know what? It was no longer about the sons. It was no longer even about the wagons. It was, God, I want to connect with you again. But we have to really understand that that's why God sends the wagons. God sends the wagons because he knows who we are. He knows the doubt that lingers. I love the man that came to Jesus in the book of Mark, and he says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Don't you think that's what God was doing by sending the wagons? Don't you think that's what God was doing when he was saying to Thomas, <coughs> Thomas, I want you to serve me, and, and look at the scars in my hand. When he put God in his place, it was there that God spoke to him. Man, I'll tell you what, if you don't understand this, I pray you'll get it. Many times we pray. Sometimes we even make worship about the proclamation of our mouth. 
We think of worship, we think of singing, and thank God we can use our voices. And, and thank God there's some people with some beautiful voices. There's some other people, they're making that joyful noise, right? But you know, it's an amazing thing. When we put God in his place, that's when he speaks to us. It was there when he worshiped that God spoke to him. See, he had the words of his son. He had, he had the wagons from Joseph. But we find that here he's got the worship down and here comes God's word to him. He's moving now not because of not because of his boys, not because of Joseph and the wagons, not because Pharaoh called for him. He's moving because the king of kings and the creator of the, of 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 all is prompting him to move. Today we follow this same pattern. Maybe you need to pray a prayer that's similar to this, Lord confirm your presence and your person to me. Maybe the circumstances of life have gotten you so beaten down that the very movement of God in your life is unbelievable. Maybe the trials you're going through, maybe it's your failures. Maybe your failure has told you that God is not interested in speaking to you. Maybe today you feel like you're on the outside looking in. Maybe you just think that your life is just going to be just a string of misery and failures and regret. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Come to me. You can trust me. Here, you know what? I'll give you proof. You know, we have this false sense of spiritual strength that says... My faith is so strong. We have this false sense of, 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 of God forbid I even ask God to show me and prove something to me. But can I tell you, a person of faith is constantly looking for God to prove things. I don't want to be a fool, but I do want to be a follower. I do want to find that Christ is real. Lord, confirm your presence and your person to us. Calm our hearts and remove our fear. Cause us to hear your perfect plans for our lives. Lord, and call us to follow as you pour your blessings on us. All of these words were the results of the worship and communion with God. Open Bible Baptist Church, this week, Walk with God. There used to be a, a man that was on, when I was growing up, there was a radio station in the area, Family Radio, and it was a, a man, who, Dr. Robert Cook. And I remember in the morning, my dad had a radio in the bathroom, and he would have this Christian music on and Christian radio, and there was a man, he, Dr. Robert Cook would give a, a couple-minute devotional, and he would always end it. He would always add with this benediction, or this admonition, he would say this, Walk with the king today and be a blessing. Maybe you remember those words coming over the airwaves. Walk with the king today and be a blessing. Walk with the king today. You know what? Ask him to show you what's real. Ask him to guide you. Ask him to make it so clear that you can't miss it. You know, it's amazing. He'll send the wagons. 
He'll send the wagons. Lord, today I pray that we would be encouraged to find you to be true and real. May we put you, Lord, to the test for the sake of our trust in you. Lord, we certainly do love you and we thank you for this chance. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified because of the word which was spoken today. Lord, this was different and difficult for me without a people right here. And it might even be difficult for the people that are watching, but Lord, your word is worth it. And Lord, I pray that we would hold on to you. And Lord, would you do what you've done so many times over and over again? Would you prove yourself? Would you show yourself? As many people in the scripture said, Lord, show us your glory. Why? That we might believe. That we might follow. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.